Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. Thanks, Dave. How's everyone doing? We good? We alive? That's good. Uh, so my name's Sam. Um, I'm part of the leadership team here at Global, um, along with my wife, Vic. We have now been married for 10 years. We made it. If you knew how much of a miracle that was, you'd have cheered louder. You obviously don't know us that well. No, I'm joking. It's been a great 10 years, um, and we, uh, we celebrated this week. It was really good. Um, and one of the things we did, actually, is because uh, we got married on the bank holiday weekend, last bank holiday weekend, we, um, we, went, to, we went away as a family, uh, went to Sherwood Forest, like uh, little John and Robin Hood. Oodalali, oodalali. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we were staying in a log cabin, it was beautiful. Um, beautiful log cabin, uh, wood burning fire in there, and just right in the middle of the woods. Uh, we could walk out, uh, took the kids out in the morning just for a little walk. Saw the farm animals, assault course, all that kind of stuff that you do when you're a responsible adult. And um, yeah, on the night it was, it was cold, um, so, we, so we lit the fire, got your kindling, your, your logs and stuff, and we lit it. And uh, if you know anything about fires, which some of you may do, is after a while, the fire starts to go down a little bit. And you've got the, the little embers. They're still burning. You can still see the light there, but it's not roaring. It's not doing what it should do. And so what you have to do is you have to breathe on that fire. So you give it a little... And then, it, and then you see them light up. And then you have to get a little bit stronger. So you go... And then you see it, and it starts to burst into flame. And this morning, I'm going to be talking about a subject on uh, boldness. And because of that, I want us as a church to be bold with this message. And, and in this talk, there'll be moments where you need to breathe on this message. This is our job as a church. It's like Dave saying there with the worship, is it's not the worship team's job just to worship on a Sunday morning and we just sing along. We've got to grab hold of it. And the same in this message. At certain points, you'll need to say, yeah, that's good. You'll need to encourage me, because the more you speak back, the better this message is. The more you engage with it, the more it'll do for you. So this morning, during those times, just think, I've got to breathe on this. I've got to speak. I've got to be bold. Are we, are we good with that? Yeah. Fantastic. So I want to talk to you this morning about a guy called Joshua. Um, we should have a, a graphic that comes up on the screen if I manage to send it properly this morning. Um, yeah, here we go. So we are called to be bold. And as a church, we need to be bold. And not just in terms of parties and loud and all that kind of stuff, but the stuff that Dave's been bringing to us recently, sharing our faith with people, sharing the reason why we're in church, sharing what church has done for us, not just explaining church, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, But I want to talk to you about a guy called Joshua. A little bit of a backstory to Joshua is that um, uh, you'll have heard of Moses and the Red Sea, and uh, he was, um, he was basically, Israel, the Israelites were in slavery in Egypt. And they've been in slavery for ages, and they're crying out to God to rescue them. So God calls a man, Moses, and he says to him, set my people free. So go into the land and lead them out. Lead them into the, the promised land, which is Canaan. And so 
Moses does, he, he takes the people out of slavery, the Red Sea, all that kind of stuff. They walk across, and then they're going towards the promised land, but they're in the wilderness. And they spend way too long in the wilderness. They spend 40 years there, walking around, whinging and complaining. And during this time, Moses sends out spies into the promised land, into Canaan. And he sends 12 from each tribe of Israel. And 10 of them come back with a negative report. They say, there's giants in there. We can't do it. They say, we look like grasshoppers in their eyes. We cannot take this land. And then Caleb silences the people. And he says, we must go up into this land. We must take it. There are giants there, but we will overcome. And Joshua and Caleb were the only two who came back with a positive report saying, we can do it. And so then time moves on. Moses is old, 125. That's pretty old. And he he speaks to the people. He says, I'm too old now. I'm not going to lead you. God says, I'm not going to enter this promised land. He says, but Joshua will. And Joshua will lead you into this land. And this is the... um, So he hands over leadership to Joshua. And this is what he says. So in Deuteronomy 31, 7 to 8, Moses summoned Joshua and said to him, in the presence of all Israel, so everyone's there. I don't know quite how he did this, but he did it. Everyone's there and everyone's listening to what Moses is saying to Joshua. And he says this, he says, be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid do not be discouraged. And this is the word from Moses to Joshua. He's handing over leadership to him, and he's saying, be bold. He says, be strong, be courageous. And then in Joshua 1, 5 to 9, Joshua, so Moses is now dead. The leadership has been handed over Joshua, and Joshua uh, gets a word from God, and God says this to him, and you'll see it sounds pretty similar. It says, no one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. See, there's a reason why we stick to God's word and stick to God's way. Because it says here, it'll make you successful. This isn't just about reading the word. It's not about ticking those boxes of like, oh, I read my verse for the day, or I've I've read my daily plan, or whatever. It's not just about knowledge. This is application. See, here he's saying you will be successful wherever you go. He says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate it on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it then you will be prosperous and successful. And listen to this bit. He says here, have I not commanded you? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. See, being bold, being strong and courageous isn't something we wait for. It's a command from God. God says to us, he says to us as a church this morning, this is God's word for us. Get hold of that this morning. This isn't just a preach that I've just thought in my head and thought, oh, this would be nice. This is God's word for us as a church. And he's saying, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So be bold. Stick to God's word. Stick to his plan. See, some of us, you may have been tempted just to think, oh, I'll take this shortcut. 
<clears throat> or I won't, I, won't, I won't stick with God's word this time because it didn't really fit my situation. He says here, stick to his word, stick to his plan. See, boldness was a command, it wasn't a suggestion. It wasn't just something like, hey, if you feel like it, be bold. God's saying to him, be strong, be courageous. See, boldness isn't necessarily a gift. It's not something that like, you wait for and God gives you. You get it as you go. It's something you get as you go. And it's, it's like here, when, when God's saying to, Mo, to, to Joshua here, he's saying, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. It's like he's saying, you can do this. It's, it's not like, oh no, this is too big for you, being strong and courageous. He's saying, no, you can do this. He's saying to him, he's empowering him, and he's saying, go and be strong and courageous. See, we're called to be bold. And you might, you might this morning be sat there thinking, but I'm not bold, but I'm not strong and courageous, and I don't even know what I'd be bold about. What, you know, why do I need to be bold? Why can't I just get on with my life? Why can't I just kind of mosey on through, take each day as it comes? Why do I need this word of being strong and courageous? And I want to tell you, you need two things in your life to be bold, and I'm going to give you these two things this morning. The first one is this, is it is desire. And I want to ask you the question, which is, what is in you this morning? What is in you? What is your desire? What is that thing that's in you that you're thinking, if I could just achieve this, if I could just do this, you know, what is that desire that's in you? Psalm 37.4 says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. See, there's a key there because you could think then, oh, my desires aren't very good and Sam's saying I should go for them and that sounds a bit naughty. It's not that. It says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So delight in the Lord doesn't just mean, like I said before, just reading the Bible. Just kind of, oh, I've got to delight in the Lord, so I've got, to, I've got to sing some nice songs on a Sunday morning. I've got to do a little prayer at some point. He's saying delight in the Lord. Get excited about his word. See, God's word is powerful. God's word is fire for you. God's word, it describes it in the Bible as daily bread. It's, it's something we can't live without. It's your food. It's, it's not just a study. It's not just oh, an extra thing I do. It should be life to us. It should give us so much strength that we think, I can take on this next step in my life. I can go for that job interview. I can tell that person about my faith because I've got God's word living in me. So it's not just studying it, memorizing it. It's speaking it out. It's kind of, it's, it's letting it breathe in you. It's letting God breathe through you, should I say. That when you, when you meet people, they, they see something different about you because God's word is in you. See, it's an amazing tool, God's word, and it makes us successful. See, that's what uh, Moses said to Joshua, and that's what God said to Joshua. He says, stick to my word. He says, stick to it. He says, be careful, meditate it. Keep it on your lips, meditate it on it, day and night. Let it, let it live in you. Let it kind of imprint on you. Let it, let it be the thing that guides you in life. And you'll know that for anything in life that you're trying to achieve, you need energy. Yeah, you, you need energy to do it. If you lack energy, your day can go from thinking like, I've got loads of things to do, I'm going to do it, and then you have no energy and you do nothing with your day. 
which is why it's a miracle if somebody's had a newborn baby that they get out of their house and get themselves dressed in the morning because babies drain our energy, right? <laughs> they just do. And um, I don't want to talk too much about that, but I do want to talk about what is it in your life that drains your energy? What is it that, that you've got going on in your life? And um, I shouldn't have mentioned babies, because you think, oh, right, great, get rid of the baby. <laughs> okay, get rid of the husband, because he drains my life. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say there'll be things in your life, and, and uh, Paul said it to the Ephesian church in, in um, Ephesians 5.18. He says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, replace this, which is draining you and causing you to live in sin, and he's saying, do this instead. See, life isn't just about cutting stuff out. Christianity is not about making your life smaller and smaller and smaller. It's saying, you know, God's saying, replace it with this new energy, with this new Holy Spirit that I can give you, which gives you energy for life. It says in, uh, just before, in Deuteronomy 34, 9, it says, now Joshua, son of Nun, she must have been a bad nun, <laughs> was filled with the spirit of wisdom, because Moses had laid his hands on him. See, Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. They understood the principle. It says Moses had to lay his hands on him and to fill him with that spirit of wisdom, that spirit that was going to keep him going, that spirit that was going to enable him to lead people. See, we need that energy as a church. We need energy to accomplish anything in life. And sometimes we rely too heavily on caffeine and sweets to get us through our day. And really, we need the Holy Spirit. You know, Ephesians 5.18, where it says, instead be filled with the Holy Spirit, it's talking in the uh, present continuous tense, I think it's called, which means go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's not just a one-time thing. It's not like, oh, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, I'm fine now. It's like we have to go on being filled. And we see it in... Um, in Acts 4. In Acts 4, you've got um, Peter and John, and um, it says of them here, it says, Acts 4.13, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So they knew, they knew something was different about them. And before this, they'd been filled with the Holy Spirit, by the way. So they, they, they took note these men had been with Jesus and they said there's something different about them. There's a courage about these men that is completely different. They're not schooled. They're not taught in the synagogues like we were. And yet there's something different about their courage. And then later on, they, um, the disciples have got together and they're talking about all the things that are going on. Um, they're talking about Pontius Pilate and Herod and how they'd conspired against Jesus and these threats that were coming against them as, a, as, as new Christians in Jerusalem and, and all these threats that were coming against them and people were trying to kill Christians, by the way. This wasn't like nice times. This was, like, this was hard times for them. Um, but what they said here, this is amazing. In Acts 4, 29 to 31, they said, Now, Lord, consider these threats. So they, you know, they knew that there were threats against them. He says, consider their threats. And then they said this. They didn't say, and protect me and my family. Protect my little cozy club. Protect, protect us from all these threats, God. No, no, no. They said, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. That's amazing. 
That's amazing. They'd see the threats. They knew what the dangers were when they go out speaking about Jesus. And they said, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. See, there's a purpose for boldness and it is to speak God's word. It's not to make us millionaires. It's not a bad thing. It's not so that we have great lives and great families and great friends and a good laugh on a Friday night. The purpose of this is to speak God's word boldly. Can you see the desire in them that they're saying? They're not saying, um, you know, there's these threats and, you know, we need to stay safe. We need to come up with a plan, guys, because... These guys are out to kill us, so let's, maybe let's move cities. Maybe let's go away. Maybe let's like blockade the doors. They're saying, no, enable us to speak your word with boldness. See, these guys were on mission, and as a church, we're mission-focused. So as a church, we're on mission. We're on mission with our friends. Dave, last week, was talking about sharing your faith, going that extra step from just connecting with people um, and just you know, being around people, which is great, to then sharing your faith, giving them the reason for your faith, giving them the reason for it. See, Joshua's desire was to take possession of the land. What's yours? What's your desire? Who's in your world? What's your desire like this morning? Are you wanting to share your faith with people? See, I want to ask you a question. I says, if your God's so big, why is your dream so small? If your God is so big, why is your dream so small? See, some people say, well, I don't have much of a dream. I don't have much vision in life. And that's like the get-out clause. It's like, oh, well, it's not for me. I'm not a big dreamer. It's like, well, if your God's so big, why is your dream so small? That's what I want to say. I want to say, let's have a big dream. You know, Acts 1, 8, I think it is, says, go into all the world. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the, whole, the ends of the earth. See, God's dream's big. And God's a big God. So if your God's so big, why is your dream so small? See, the second thing you need to know is destiny. The second thing is destiny. And that is, where are you going? What's in front of you? See, we should be moving forward constantly. If we're moving backwards, that's a bad thing. We should be moving forward as a church. We should be progressing. We should be taking ground. We should be sharing our faith with people. And this isn't like a telling off. This is like, if God's so big, this, is, this, is, this would be natural for us to be doing, wouldn't it? Like this is, this is kind of where we should be going. If we've got a massive God behind us, it's not like God saying, oh, I'm a bit scared now, guys. This has got a bit too much for me. 2,000 years ago, it was all right but now I've just run out of energy, and now I, I think it's probably time for the church to chill. It is not time for the church to chill. We are progressing as a church. We are mission-focused. We're a church-planting organization. We've got global reach coming up where we're going to talk a lot about kind of reaching out, again, about kind of moving forward as a church. Global reach is amazing, by the way, and that's not just because of the, the speakers that you'll hear or the guests coming from all around the world. It's a great time for us as a church to be together for two days, and God centers himself with us as a church, and he inspires conversations. See, the conversation doesn't stop in the preach. It's not like the preach, and it's like, oh, it's time for lunch. Right, we'll have an hour of lunch, and then we'll go back to a preach. 
It's like God continues that. He'll inspire a conversation over your lunch where you'll have heard something in a talk and you'll have thought, that's inspired me to do something. And then you're like, I don't know if I should. And then you hear somebody else say it and they think, yeah, I had that thought too. And then your conversation spirals up and your world spirals up and you get re-inspired for life. See, whenever I go to a conference, I expect that to happen. My expectation is high because I think God's going to speak. God's going to speak to me over these days at Hillsong Conference or at, um, I've forgotten the other conferences we go to. Reach. That's the other one. That's the only one that matters. I, you know, I'm, I'm expecting God to speak to me. I'm expecting something to happen. So what's in front of you? See, in front of Joshua, he, he, the, there was the land, but there was a river with no bridge. I mean, that's, that's not great. It's like, it, so he could have prayed, well, God, if you build us a bridge then we'll go into the land. But he didn't. See, God said go. It's a step into the water. That's why it's like, this doesn't make sense. Surely we should build a bridge. And he doesn't. He steps into the water, so he moves forward. See, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is in um, 1 Samuel 17. And it's the the story of David and Goliath, but it's verse 48, specifically verse 48, because it says this. So, so beforehand, you've got Goliath, who's, who's giving all his kind of threats to Israel. David steps up to the mark and says, look, let me take on this guy. David's a young boy, by the way. And he's saying, let me take on this giant, nine foot tall, bigger than Seth. He's saying, let me take him on. I can do this. You know, you can see the boldness in this young guy. And you could see probably what other people thought, which was like, you're just, you're just a shepherd. You've no chance. And he says, let me do it. I can do this. How dare this guy speak against my God like that? And, and Goliath comes out. He says, you send me a dog with sticks. Like, what is this? And he's speaking down to him. And maybe you've had people speak down to you. Maybe you feel small in the eyes of other people. But David's response was this. He says, you come at me with sword and with spear, but I come at you with the, with the name of God Almighty. And he says, this day I will cut off your head and I will feed your body to the crows or whatever he says, right? But then the, the key point is this. 1 Samuel 17, 48. So after all this talk had got on, it says David ran quickly towards the battle line. See, he approached with boldness. He didn't approach cautiously. He didn't approach kind of like, oh, I'm just going to see how this goes a little bit. He ran quickly towards the battle line. He, he, he went with boldness. He didn't go with fear. Sometimes you've got to act first and think later. Yeah, sometimes we've just got to do that. We have, a, we have a saying in global is that we, uh, what is it, we fire, aim, or whatever. Lord, fire, aim. Yeah, <laughs> load your gun, fire it, and then think, oh, there we go. <laughs> Over that way instead. Right, we've, got to, we've just got to act, because we'll get nothing done if we're just sat around waiting for God to do something, waiting for God to fill me with boldness. It's like, oh, I'm not feeling it, God. Maybe a little bit more. It's not going to happen. This week, I was, I was thinking about this because we have our dinner parties on a Thursday night. And uh, it was Thursday night, and on the message, there's a lot of people who are ill, can't make it, away, and all this kind of stuff. And so it can look like, oh, we're just not going to have that many tonight. It can look like a, a problem. It's just like, oh, that sucks. And I was thinking, no, this does not suck. Like, God's been telling us as a church that we should be sharing I got sharing the gospel, sharing the good news. So um, 
And, and by the way, I'm thinking this and I'm saying this uh, whilst my plan that night, because we didn't have a babysitter, so I was going to stay at home with kids and everyone else was going to go to dinner party. So I'm telling everyone else, bring somebody. You know, remember the, uh, the parable of the great banquet when, you know, people made their excuses, they couldn't come. And so the, the master of ceremony said to him, go and make people come in. So I'm telling everyone this and I'm thinking, but I'm going to be at home and everyone else is going to be at dinner party. So I was thinking, that's not good. I can't do that. So I was like, right, let's switch it round. We'll have the dinner party at our house, and then uh, we can bring people to it. Right, so I'm in my kitchen. I'm prepping stuff for the dinner party. Um, it's about quarter past seven. We start at eight, so we've got 45 minutes. We're just getting the place ready. Um, I'm also thinking I've got to get some stuff over to the other side of the city for a wedding I was catering for yesterday. So there's a lot of stuff going on in my mind uh, that it's, uh, you know, one of those times. And so as I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking, well, who are you bringing, Sam? I'm thinking, well, I would, but, you know, I've got all this stuff to do. I've got these onions to chop, or I've got whatever. I've got things to do. And you find yourself, right, you'll find yourself talking yourself out of boldness. You'll find yourself giving yourself excuses. You'll find yourself saying, well, they don't, they don't want it anyway. They, they, you know, and it's like, what happened to you? See, God's raising up an army. Are you going to be part of that army? Or are you going to sit at home thinking like, ah, this ain't for me. I hope, I pray that the church does well. It's like, keep your prayers to yourself. Honestly, keep your prayers to yourself. Let's just go out and do this thing. Let's make progress in our city. And so as I'm there, I'm talking myself out of it. And I think, Sam, you need to snap out of this. Come on, you need to be bold. See, if your focus is on, on what's behind you, then it'll slow you down. Right, your past will slow you down. See, God is way more interested in your future than he is your past. He's way more interested. Some of you don't know that, but he is way more interested. And you can think, but God, but I've done this, but I've done that. And honestly, I'm not interested. He's not that interested. Let me tell you why. In Colossians 2, 10 to 12, it says this. In Christ, you've been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Um, so don't worry too much about that, but think about this. It says, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. So what that means is that when we get baptized, it's, we know this as a church, right? It's a bath and it's a... Good. It's a burial. We, we bury our old self. That's the point of it. God deals with our past at baptism. That's why we all have to go under, by the way. If you're a believer, it's not like an added extra. It's like, oh, if you want to be a really good Christian, get baptized. It's like, no, this is, this is part of it. It is vital that you deal with your past. It is vital that I dealt with my past, that God dealt with my past at my baptism. It is vital that we are set free from guilt and shame and regret. That is vital for life because you can't move forward if you're clinging on to what's behind you. So what's in front of you? What's that battle you're going to face this week? What are those, what, who are those people that you're nervous about going to speak to? See, attack it with boldness this week. Go into it thinking, no, I'm full of uh, the Holy Spirit. I'm full of God's word. I'm going to tackle this with boldness. Because God said to me, he says, be strong and courageous. He didn't say, um, you know, wait for strength and courageous. Wait for boldness and then go. He says, go. Go. David ran quickly to that battle line. Boldness came to him. He didn't wait for it. See, God's got a plan for you. 
And it's a plan to prosper you, not to harm you. A plan to give you a hope and a future. He's got a plan for every single one of you. But will you take hold of it? Or will you wait for it to happen? Because I tell you what, if you're waiting, you'll be waiting a long time. See, we've got to move forward. We've got to progress. Hebrews 4.16, this is my final verse, says this. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, this is the beauty of the gospel, is we can approach God boldly because of what he's done for us, because he, he paid the price for all your sin. You don't need to pay that price anymore. Come boldly to the throne of grace. See, the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. He says, today is the day you need to make a decision. So are you bold enough to make that decision this morning? This is the challenge. Are you bold enough? Maybe you're not baptized. We have a baptism service in two weeks. Maybe you need to get baptized. And I say maybe, you do. If you haven't, you do, right? We get it. We all need to go under. It's not, an, it's not like an added extra. This isn't an option. This is like, this is what we must do. Because you need to deal with your past. Are you bold enough to face giants in your life? Joshua went into the promised land and they overcame the giants that were there. They took possession of the land. Okay, There's a, you can read the whole story. But he did. He took possession of the land because he was bold. He was strong and he was courageous. That was him. That wasn't God giving him this beforehand and then saying, right, you've got it now. You feel it. You feel it, Joshua. He's like, no, just go. Be it. He says, I've commanded you to be it. See, we're a community with a king. We're not just a community of people that, that you know, anything goes. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're just a community. We're just all friends. No, we've got a king who gives commands. We've got to get used to that. So be bold this week. Let me pray for us. Let me pray for us. Bow your heads, close your eyes. God, I thank you for your, for your spirit, Father. I thank you for your Holy Spirit. I thank you that you gave it us as a gift, that you didn't leave us on our own when you went back to heaven, but you gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Father God, right now, I pray that you fill everyone in this room. Just put your hands out if you want to receive that this morning. I pray you fill everyone in this room with your Holy Spirit. I pray you give them that, that, that gift of boldness. That, you, that, you, that people this week run quickly towards the battle line. They don't hold back. They don't just wait for it to happen, but they run quickly towards the battle line. I'll tell you what, you might not feel it now, but you will feel it as you go. You may not feel it right now, but you will feel it as you go. God, I pray for those situations this week. God, I thank you that you go before us into situations. You don't stand behind and watch us fail. You, as a good father, you go with us. It says in your word that you will never leave us, nor forsake us. And Father, I pray this week that we experience that as a church. Maybe this morning, you've never made that step to give your life to Christ. Maybe you've never made that step to, first of all, believe in Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity now. I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm going to ask that we as a church, we say it out loud together. That's to help everyone. And then at the end of this prayer, if you've said that for the first time, if you're making that first step, then I'm going to ask that you raise your hand. So a line at a time. Father God, I thank you for sending your son Jesus. to pay the price for my sin by dying on the cross. 
Today, I choose to believe in you as best I can. Please forgive me of my sin. And heal me of my hurts and regrets. And fill me with your Holy Spirit to give me power to change. In Jesus' name, amen. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 